Welcome back, episode number 98 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Ring. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my host, Brett. And we're honored to have on Rangers beat writer Colin Stevenson. We're going to be discussing training camp, players coming back from the offseason, Laviolette's new system, and more. But first, just want to let you all know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. Also, just want to let you all know that starting next week, we'll be starting to release episodes strictly only early Monday mornings. I know with the offseason, we started releasing episodes early afternoon, late morning, so on and so forth. But now we're back to officially the strict early Monday mornings. If for whatever reason, it's being planned on releasing late morning, early afternoon, we'll make sure to give a heads up beforehand. And yeah, anyway, let's get to it. And we're back with Rangers beat writer Colin Stevenson. Colin, how's it going? Oh, it's going, it's going all right. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're into the training camp and preseason. We're into the preseason that's already started. So, uh, you know, that means the, you know, the real thing is uh, not far away. So first question right off the bat, as everyone wants to know, what is your first impression of LaViolette and what does he do differently than Gallant that you see? Um, I, I think he is, uh, so far it's, it's, it's only been, I don't know, three or three or four days or whatever of, of practice but he he is more um hands-on you know from from what we see as far as instructing players on what he wants them to do and how he wants you know where he wants them to be what he wants them to do and how he wants this system it's very important to him the system thing and i i don't know that it wasn't important to galan i think that's you know i think galan gets a bad rap in terms of people saying, well, he wasn't very system oriented and he was too laissez-faire and stuff. Uh, you know, he always told us that systems are no big deal because everybody runs kind of the same system anyway. Yeah. Um, and he's probably right about that. There's only a handful of things you can do. I mean, it's a, it's a free flowing game. It's not football. It's not like you're going to script, um, you know, a, a huge playbook with millions of plays in it. Um, there, there's concepts that you want to follow and, and more or less, uh, you know, there's a handful of, of variations of concepts, you know, like uh, you want to run a neutral zone trap or not. You want to have a two, one, two um, setup or a one, two, two setup or a one, three, one setup. I mean, you know, it's kind of, um, these are basic sort of, you know, you don't have that many options. And so I think in, in terms of, you know, Gallant didn't want to share a lot with us. Uh, and so he, he would say all the time that systems are not a big deal because mostly everybody does the same thing. Whereas LaViolette, um, you know, at least with us, feels like, you know, he he's like, no, 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 I have a very specific way I want to do things. Um, and uh, he spent, uh, you know, they, they reported, their players reported on Wednesday and on ice testing on Thursday. And on Friday, he did some work on the offensive systems. On Saturday, did some work on the defensive systems, and on Sunday they played a preseason game. So, you know, he's been trying very hard to, you know, install stuff and tell players, you know, and and they're they're looking at film and all this kind of stuff too to see what he's talking about to help them speed up the process. Um, but but system is uh, is very important to him, and he's he's doing a lot more teaching than Gallant uh, did in the two years he was here. Would you say that? During practice, those are being run quite a bit differently than Glance practices, or is there anything specific you notice that he does a lot differently in these practices? Yeah, I mean, I just think he's talking more. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he's talking more. Um, and again, it's 
what was it? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today, four days. Um, you know, I haven't seen him get angry with them yet or, you know, anything like that. Uh, the first day, which was Friday, I mean, he really, you know, he did, uh, he, he really worked him hard that first day to kind of, you know, wake him up and say, hey, you know, we're, we're starting and we're hitting the ground run, running and, and stuff. Um, so I can't really say it's a short sample or a small sample. I mean, I can't say that he's he's this way or that way. I mean, he seems pretty um, easygoing. He seems pretty confident. He seems pretty self-assured. Um, he believes in, you know, what he believes in. He doesn't mind sharing some of it. I mean, he's not going to break it down and draw X's and O's on the board for us. But he doesn't mind telling you some of the things that are important to him, which is pace um, you know, uh, that's the main thing, I guess, um, doing everything quickly and, and playing with a little grit and stuff. And we've seen that, um, and he's going to practice harder. You know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's what we've come to believe, you know, Gallant kind of felt like, and, and to a degree, Gallant played in the league, understand that Gallant played a lot of years in the league. So he has a player's perspective more so than La Violette who played 12 games in the league. Um, so maybe Gallant believes more in rest and in the fact that you're playing 82 games and he doesn't want to burn the players out in practices. Um, whereas La Violette believes that there's so much teaching and he wants to believe, I suppose, that you play as you practice maybe. And so he likes to practice hard, harder than Gallant apparently did. Gotcha. Uh, you know, you mentioned this just started on, on Friday and this is something I've always wondered and forgive me, this is a very ignorant question, but is there any contractual reason why training camp isn't longer? It feels like such a long break and then just a few days before the preseason actually starts and just a few games before the regular season starts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all negotiated. The, the, the start dates are, are negotiated as part of the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, so I mean, you're right. I mean, years ago, training camp was longer. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it used to start, I remember going to training camp um, on Labor Day weekend. So um, you know, I would be down the Jersey shore with my shore house and I'd be leaving, you know, on the Sunday morning of Labor Day weekend to go to training camp, you know, uh, and now it's, it starts a little later, like a week or so later, or maybe even two weeks later, I guess, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, but that's all, that's all agreed to. And, and, and that's, and that's why. I guess the players were just like, Hey, let's cut down this training camp. We don't want to skate that hard that long without games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, probably. Um, you know, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. And, you know, there's probably an expense thing, too, in terms of, you know, a little bit less time putting guys up in hotels and things sure. like that. You know, it's uh, I think it works for everybody. I mean, most of these guys are, are you know, are, are responsible enough to to get their work done over the summer on their own. They all have personal trainers. They all have, you know, guys who work with them in the gym. They have guys who work with them on the ice. You know, they play with one another in wherever they are. You know, the Toronto guys play in Toronto and the Montreal guys play in Montreal and guys around here play around here. So, um, you know, these guys are all getting their work done in the off season. And, you know, so really they just need to come um, meet the coaches, kind of go through whatever the system stuff they're going to do and, and, you know, let's go. Gotcha. Speaking of players that have worked over the offseason, anyone in particular stand out to you? Uh, you know, again, it's it's super early. Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, based on the first preseason game, right? And I put more stock in the preseason games, of course, than you do in practices and stuff. I mean, half the time I'm not really watching in practice what guys are doing. Um, 
especially in the early days. I mean, there's so much system installation that, you know, guys are just trying to learn where they're supposed to be on the ice. You can see them working around their cycling in the offensive zone. You can see them working on their, you know, their neutral zone uh, setup. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I, I really like just watching the preseason games of which, you know, as, as we're speaking, we've had one. Um, so, um, in that preseason game, they didn't play a ton of guys, but the guys that they played that are, that are going to be there, I think, uh, Phil Keedle certainly played well and Lafreniere played well. Uh, those were two of, uh, a short list of, of the real guys that, that played in the first preseason game. Those two guys played well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I think Will Cooley played pretty good. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not unbiased here cause I love the kids so much, but, uh, Sakura, I liked, I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the practices and such, you know, guys skating around, everybody's, you know, upright at the end of practice and that's all I'm looking for. The goal if you want to look at the goalies, though, that that is something yeah. that you can notice. Uh, Shostarkin looks, uh, you know, looks pretty sharp, um, and uh, Dylan Garand, uh, who is you know played last year in Hartford, first year pro, uh, I think he's had a, a nice few days as well. Still waiting to see. You know, a lot of times, you know, the way the the media uh, are positioned at practice, we're at one end of the rink, so we're not. We're not in center ice where we can see both ends of the ice equally well. We're in one end, and usually that's the that's the end where the number one goalie spends most of the practice. So in this case, Shesterkin. So we see a lot of Shesterkin and whoever else is at the end, you know, at that end of the ice. The other end of the ice is generally where the backup is. So I'm not really getting quite as good a look at, you know, uh, Jonathan Quick and, you know, Louis Domingue. But, you know, again – uh, I think Igor's looked good, and I think Grand's looked good, but of course, I see them more than I see the other guys. Right. Jesse said he'd have a different mentality this year and no longer be hard on himself. Has that been prevalent so far? Well, again, hasn't hasn't lost a game yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But he does seem a little bit more at ease in the locker room, easier to. But again, it, it's easy to be at ease in a locker room when you haven't played a game yet, you know, the, the games haven't started. Um, but he, he did seem excited to, to be back. Uh, and he did, he did make that pretty clear. And I, and I think, you know, he was, he was kind of a grouch a lot of last year. Um, when he spoke to media at all, it was somewhat, I don't want to say reluctantly. He didn't speak, he didn't speak often to us. Um, and, you know, I know him from when he first came over and he was a really happy guy with, you know, with a sense of humor. And I haven't seen that in a couple of years. So um, there was a, you know, on the first day we were in there, there was a, um, you know, a little thing where we we had, we had given Phil Heedle a plaque um, just in recognition of him being a good guy for us. He was our good guy winner, which is the guy, who, you know, we could always go to for interviews and things like that. Um, and we gave him a plaque and, you know, he, and he kind of playfully kind of held it up over his head and he was like, Hey, and he yelled over at Chester and said, Hey, Shesty, you know, it's the first, first, uh, first trophy of the year. Um, and Chester snaps back at him and goes, you know, yeah. And the last, and, and, and that, you know, we all kind of 
took that like th- that's not something I don't think he would have done last season, right? Because it's you know, he can jibe, you know, joke around with his teammates, but I don't think he was necessarily interested in doing that when media were in the room a year ago. But now he seems to be a little bit more comfortable with us. He's been here a few years now. I know, I remember when he first came uh, in in that 2019-20 season. Um, he came that summer and he was happy guy and and he he seemed to have like a you know a, a personality and a sense of humor and you know he was he was very proud of the efforts he'd made to learn English and stuff and he he seemed to be like a guy that was much more you know was what's much more comfortable around us then and then for a couple of years he, he you know he didn't seem to want to have anything to do with the media here but now he seems to be looser um, at least just for the few days so we'll see how it goes and uh, you know I think too part of his problem last year was he got off to a slow start. And, and so if he gets off to a faster start this year, then maybe he'll be in a better mood and that'll last for, uh, you know, for the whole season. Yeah. Let's hope for that. Um, you know, speaking of players mentalities, uh, have you noticed anything different about Panarin's mentality at all? Um, we, we know obviously he made some big appearance changes. Uh, yeah. Off the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we spoke to him on Sunday. I haven't written it yet. Um, but uh, yes, it's pretty stark to see him with a with you know a buzz cut, um, given how you know luxurious those curls were. Um, yeah. Sparta he was, uh, and you know I you know he, he, you know he's a guy that sometimes will answer your question seriously, and then if he doesn't want to answer your question, he'll just joke around. So when we asked him, like you know, I was trying to ask him, like you know, was is the cutting of the hair you know, like some sort of symbol of like, you know, you want to change up stuff. And he just was like, kept joking about it. So I, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say that. Um, he didn't say he doesn't speak English. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that with us anymore. Um, uh, he speaks it well enough um, to talk to the writers. He trusts us that we're going to clean it up. If he, you know, if he puts a word out of place or, or, you know, kind of is clumsy with it. Um, he's not as confident on camera. So that's why you don't see him speaking yeah. English on camera. Like, you know, in post games, when they, when they would bring him out to the, to the room, um, he would want a, an interpreter there. Or sometimes now that we do the interviews in the locker room, you know, there are cameras in there, you know, there's usually, you know, at, at home games anyway, there's usually an interpreter in the room so that if there's a camera there and he, and he feels like he wants to, you know, have this, the, the safety blanket or the, you know, safety net of an interpreter, then you can go get the guy, but, but he speaks it well enough to communicate to us. And then that's, that's, uh, that's important. And he's, and he seems to like us. So, um, but yeah, no, if he doesn't want to answer a question, he just jokes around. I mean, I, I, I think the guy could be a, a stand up comedian. I really do. I think he's that funny, <laughs> nice. but uh, no, I think, you know, he's, so now he's an interesting one. Um, Panarin, uh, because in this new system, and, and I and I had asked uh, Laviolette early on a couple of days ago. I said, if you know, obviously he's got a system to how he wants to play. Obviously, the players have been successful playing however they've played for their careers, and. Um, I think Laviolette understands that he's going to have to kind of merge those and balance those in some way. And I said to him, well, what about if you have a guy who plays on the perimeter and you want that guy to forecheck? Mm -hmm. And he said, that guy is going to forecheck. 
Um, and and uh, in in um, in the system that he runs, a defensive look that that neutral zone look, um, there are roles for everybody, right? So the the left wing on every line is the guy that's responsible for for being the front, the top of the one three one look that they have. Um, and, and so that's Panarin, right? I yeah. mean that that's Kreider, that's Panarin. That's uh, whoever's going to be left wing, whether it's Goudreau or VC or whoever's going to be the left wing on whatever line, that's him. And so that's not something I don't think that Panarin was doing under the last coach or the coach before him. So, you know, this is a new thing that he's going to have to do, but he says he's done it before, you know, he's played, you know, he played in Chicago, played in Columbus. So he's done it before somewhere else. So it's not completely foreign to him, but it is different than what he's done the last few years. So, We'll have to see how how well he adjusts to that. He says he likes what they're doing offensively. Defensively, we'll have to see, you know, if um, you know, if he's going to be able to do that role the way Laviolette wants him to. Do you think one of Othman or Cooley make the jump this year, or they need a bit of seasoning? Uh I I think if if either of them, I think it would be Cooley. Um only because I think. Cooley's size um, allows him to be more effective in a fourth line role. They're both left wings, right? So uh, Othman has said, you know, he's got no problem switching to the right wing if they want to. But if you look at how the team is is set up, if you have, well, if if, if Lafreniere is going to play on the right side now, which apparently he's doing until further notice, um, now you have Kreider and Panarin uh, as left wingers. I, you know, I, I can't promise you that Jimmy VC is going to make the team, but I'm pretty sure he's going to make the team. You know, he's uh, he's a guy that they like a lot and he plays a role and he's a smart guy and, and he and he's working really hard. He's actually, you know, in terms of you asked about who's impressed in, in the first few days, he's another guy that's that's, uh, you know, seemed to have a lot of energy and seems to be doing a lot of good things both in practice and in the preseason game. Um, but so, yeah, I think that, you know, he's a left wing. He's going to be, you know, in that left wing group. And it's just a question of if Lafreniere is going to be on the right side in the top six, who's going to be that third line left wing? Um, is it going to be VC or Goudreau? Uh, you know, again, it depends on what he's going to do with the lines. I mean, the first day he had a, a third line of, of, Goudreau on the left, Trocek in the middle, and Kako on the right, you know, um, which kind of looks like a checking line. And he does say he did say that he is a guy who has used a checking line in the past. So that's possible. Um, but you know, it's it's all depends on what he wants to do and how he wants to formulate those lines. I mean, if if he decides to go with Trocek on the second line and he puts Heedle on the third line, maybe he wants an offensive player to play with Heedle. Uh, it depends where Blake Wheeler's going to be. And, you know, so I don't really know, but I, I wouldn't write it off. I, I'd say it's probably unlikely that Othman or Cooley, either one of them would be here, but I would probably, you know, if I had to pick one or the other, I would I would pick Cooley just because of the size and the fact that he's played a year of pro and he had 25 goals last season in Hartford. And I, and I think the coach values that. So, and and he can, he can throw a punch if necessary. So, I mean, like he, I think he, he can do more things for them at this point. And I think rather than have Offman at 20 years old playing bottom six minutes here, 
um, wouldn't he be better off getting top top six or top line minutes in Hartford? So I I think I think it's unlikely either of them makes it, but it but if I had to pick one, I would say cool, he's got a better shot. Gotcha. Um, switching to defense here, uh, do you think that Keandre is ready to take another step forward this year? And uh, do you think there's any chance he gets time on uh, the second power play over Trubo? Yes and yes. Um, I, 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 you know, again, maybe I'm seeing more than I think I'm seeing or I'm paying more attention than I think I'm paying more attention, but he is another guy that um, has looked full of jump and energy um, in the scrimmaging and in the drills that we've seen in the first four days. Uh, and I, I do believe that he is going to take another step. Um, you know, he put up 40 odd points last year and nine goals. And I don't think he had a great year. He had, he had moments where he was good. That goal he had in Philadelphia, the one where he gets yeah. from behind and, and yeah. down and he gets back up and he still scores crazy. So he had a lot of moments and he's, you know, scored that goal in the last seconds of the game, whatever, he had a lot of good moments, but he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of difficult moments too. Um, yeah. And I think um, he's poised, at least based on what I've seen in just the first few days, to really have more good moments and fewer bad moments, if you know what I mean. So I, I think, I think, for instance, I think he can score more points than he did last year. Yeah. And if I if I were Laviolette, I would use him on the power play ahead of Truma. You know, I think Truba, Truba, you know, he's got the big shot and and that's fine. Um, but I think Keandre has more potential as an offensive player. And I think Keandre can score some goals. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets double digit goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, Truba has a big shot, but it's also a big shot that kind of just goes anywhere. It's not really super accurate, big shot. Yeah. I mean, I think he had a, he had a, you know, he had a big year in Winnipeg the year before he came to yep. New York. Um, and, uh, and I think he's a good player. And if you need him to run that second power play, and again, if you're <laughs> the way they were running the power play, you know, the first power play unit was getting an, a, a minute and a half, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, the second unit was getting 30 seconds. So it doesn't really matter who's on the second power play um, if you're only getting 30 seconds. Uh, but, you know, again, we'll see, we'll see what, what, what LaViolette does. Does he have, does he mix those guys up a little bit? Does he try and create two power play units that, you know, are, are, you know, less of a, dis, uh, you know, you know, less of a separation between the two units. Um, I don't know. Does he, does he move? You know, I, I, I can't imagine him breaking up Kreider, Mika and Panarin and Fox on the first unit. So right. it's a question of who's the fifth guy is the fifth guy going to be Heedle and you put Trocek on the other you know, or is it, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and, and so these are things that we do still have to find out. But I, yeah, I would put Keandre, Keandre's got to play power play for me. If, if uh, you know, if I had to say. Yeah, couldn't agree more as a, as a fan as well. That's definitely what I'd like to see. I think that's what a lot of people would like to see. Uh, which actually brings me to my next question is something that people have been asking about for a while now is, could we see you know Miller with Fox and then have Linder yeah. Trouba as a parent? Do you think that's a possibility? Do you like that as a possibility? Uh, I I like the I like the pairs as as they are because I think, um, you know, first of all, you know, Fox and Lindgren have played together since they're like sixteen or whatever, yeah. and and, um, and we know you know even though he doesn't 
doesn't score a lot of points, and and maybe he's not the first guy you bring up. We know how important Lindgren is to the defense and to the team. I mean, like there's data that says you know they're way better team when he's playing than yeah. when he's not playing, right? So you've seen the the, the win loss numbers. Um, so I kind of like the, the the pairs as as they're constituted. But having said that. You know, you have a coach who said, you know, the coach did say, and that's one of the things that he said to us is like, there are going to be times when maybe you want to pair a defense pair that's more, you know, that has two guys, both guys that are a little bit more offensive and one that that's a little bit more defensive. And, you know, if you're going up against a team where you want to check their number one center, if you're going up against, um, let's say Edmonton with Big David, and uh you know and dry sidle on the same line mm-hmm. maybe you want to run a checking line at them and maybe you want two really good sound you know stay-at-home defensemen on the ice at the same time against those guys so that's just another option and i think um i think we will see some of that uh the first day he had those guys broken up he had you know miller with fox and Trubo with Linder in the first day. He hasn't done that since. The other days, they've gone back to the normal pairs. But I do think that we will see um, at some point him change those defense pairs and and, and go with, you know, Fox, uh, Miller, and, and Trubo Lindgren. I do think that we'll see that at points. That'd be cool to see. I know you mentioned that, you know, it's only been four or three days. It's hard to, you know, notice particular things stick out. But by any chance, did you see any differences with Lafreniere skating as well as Kako's? Because I know with Kako, Lafreniere was cheering him on. Uh, so Laf said that he did work over the summer at his skating. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't really seen it. I haven't seen him open open up and like you know run the length of the ice or anything like that. But he does look like he has some jump. He did he did do well in that preseason game. He has made some things happen. Uh, in these little, you know, full ice scrimmages and things like that. So um, whether he's faster, I don't know. Um, that I couldn't tell you. Um, but he seems to be making things happen at least in the first couple of days. And and as I said, you know, in that preseason game, I thought he was he was good as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that he can, uh, you know, he he could possibly be better. And certainly, if he's playing in the top six as opposed to playing on the third line. Um, you know, he might be able to produce a little bit more. Um, but that's all still to be determined by, like, what lines he actually going to be playing on. I, I believe that, you know, the lines that we had on the first day, you know, there's the guy, the coach had three months to think about what he wanted his lines to look like on the first day. And and the top line was Kreider, Mika, and, and Laff. And Laff has played with those two before. He did that. Um, in his second year, if you'll remember when, um, you know, I think Kravtsov, no, was that last year? I'm losing yeah. that. When Kako, Kako broke the wrist or whatever, and he was out for a long time, Kako had been playing on the top line and then Laff switched and was playing um, right wing with those guys. And, and Laff had 19 goals that season. So, I mean, it's not like he, he can't produce. And uh, I think it would be good for him to play with those guys. And I think he could carve out a role. Now, the difference or the, the thing that that I would wonder about is, is he too similar to Kreider? 
Like, is he a net front guy the way Kreider is a net front guy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so do you want two net front guys in the same line or do you want to mix it up a little bit? But, you know, um, Peter Laviolette knows a lot more about hockey than me. So, I mean, I, I he'll, <laughs> he'll figure something out. Out of Hito Lafreniere and Kako, who do you think takes the next step? Uh, I think Hito, you know, but again, it, it depends on, on who they all play with. I have a sneaking suspicion that Hito's going to play with Panarin. Yeah. And, and if he does that, then I think Hito's going to go off because, you know, I talked to him at, at some length about this, you know, one day last week, you know, if you put Heedle, Heedle's a guy who can score goals or he can make plays. But if you put him with Panarin, who's looking to make plays all the time, then Heedle's going to score goals. You know, he can finish. So I think if he plays with, with Panarin, I think he can, you know, the sky's the limit for what he can do. Um, but I, I, you know, the other two kids I think are ready to, to move, move ahead as well. I mean, I do think that um, Kako, is probably the best right wing on the roster, unless, you know, you consider Blake Wheeler to be the best right wing on the roster, although he's, he's a little bit older. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what he's going to look like playing on a new team. Uh, but I, I like Kako. I like what I've seen from him. And I like the fact that he's trending upward. And I like the fact that he's coming off his first full, fully healthy season and his best season. And I think, you know, I mean, he did that playing on the third line. So if he's now playing on the first line or the second line, I would think um, that, you know, he's, you know, with, with that extra ice time, I would think that he's going to do more. Now, one thing to look out for is uh, LaViolette is, is a guy who does like uh, analytics and, and Kako's analytics are good um in terms of the story it tells about his defense too so i mean it's entirely possible and you know i was a little surprised on day one when i saw kako when we saw kako on that third line because of all the guys i figured he'd be the one who'd be on the first line or the second line um but if you're gonna use that third line as a checking line um you know it seems like LaViolette seems to trust Kako where he might play him with Trocek in kind of a checking role, which would be interesting because then, you know, I, then the question is, you know, it, is that the best, like, okay, it's good that he's good defensively, but do you want to make him a checker? I, I don't know. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I mean, they're still early and, you know, he's going to play in a number of different people um, in a number of different positions, but you know, it's, it's entirely possible that he likes him enough defensively that he could put him in, in a role like, you know, or he could put him with, let's say he could put him with Panarin and Heedle and then Kako is the defensive guy on that line. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, we would probably need some help there. <laughs> so, so um, you know, we'll see where it is. So he may not, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect him to get thirty goals or anything, but you know, I'd like to see him get to twenty. You know, would that be good? But if you're picking like which of the three kids is gonna make the biggest step, I would say it's got to be Hedl.
I, uh, uh, Darky and I talked about this uh, last week, and I, I agree with you too. I, th- I think Evil is the one most primed to to kind of pop off this season. Um, and you know, one of the things too is because you know he was he did start scoring more goals last year. He also looked hungrier to me on the ice too, where it's I saw up. actually Beavers happen on the ice, calling for the puck, which I had not seen in any of the previous seasons. That kind of tenacity. Um, it was reported that that he had been working on a shot uh, a lot in the off season. Have you, have you noticed anything with that at all in practice? Does the shot look any different, any better? Any no, everything looks different, but he's getting it off a lot more often. Yeah. Right? Like he's looking to shoot um, often and he knows, and his confidence is high. His confidence is pretty good. He's feeling pretty good about himself. And, sure. and I think that's important. Um, the question with him always is how durable is he? Right. I mean, he had upper body injury that we think was a concussion and we think he missed uh, two separate periods of games with, you know, I won't I don't know if I can use the C word like they never said it. But, yeah, you know, based on what happened leading up to him missing time, you know, we got to think that that may have been it. He now wears a, a an eye shield that's got it's tinted gray now. It's not the clear eye shield anymore. It's got a little gray tint in it, which is supposed to help. Um, so that you know all these signs and, and clues that that he may have had a concussion. And you know he's a big body and he skates fast, um, but he's he you know he's had problems with injuries too. I mean, remember a couple of years or the fifty six game season? I think you know he missed time he got whacked in Pittsburgh and, and missed some time there too. So, I mean, you know, I'd like to see him play 75, 80 games, um, get top six size time and see where he ends up. That was the Forsberg goal, right? That was the game he scored the Forsberg goal, I believe, where, where yeah. he got slashed on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That's the one. Yep. That was, that was early on, um, first week or two, first three or four games of the season. Yep. That was a weird season. Yeah, no, yeah, that was, was. Very, that was very weird. I guess this kind of uh, leads into this question because you kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, is Hedl your the player that's most fun for you to interview on the team? I like a lot of them. Um, Hedl's funny, um, and, and I feel like so when I started on the team, I started in February of 2018. It was like right after the trade deadline the year of the letter, right? So the letter had come out a couple of weeks before I started. So I've kind of watched the whole rebuild from the beginning. And Heedle's one of those guys that kind of came in. Um, he had started, if you remember that season, he was a 2017 first round pick. He made the team out of training camp. They sent him to, you know, at some point they sent him back to Czech Republic. Then they brought him back over to Hartford and then he, and then, you know, when they started to rebuild, they brought him up. So, like, I know these guys, and I feel like I've known him since he's 18 years old, you know. Um, and same thing with Kako. You know, Kako got drafted in, in 2019, and um, I feel like I've known these kids, and I'm watching them grow up. So, I mean, I have uh, um, – it, it's cool. It's cool to be able to see these guys and see how they add a little bit to their personalities and their games every year. Um, and, and they're not, they're still young. We still think of them as young, but you know, Heedle's yeah. now 24 and going into what is it year six or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and Kako is going into year five and laugh is going into year four. So, 
you know, you kind of watch these guys grow up and, and, you know, it's really, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see them having success and stuff. And I know people are a little bummed out that laugh hasn't scored 40 goals yet. And I don't know that he ever will, but I think he's going to be a good player for the team, you know, in, in whatever sense that is, um, he's going to help the team. And to me, that's, that's what's important. He seems like he has a really good attitude. Um, like he seems like he has a, like if I was choosing a dog for him, he'd be like a golden retriever. Like he seems <laughs> laugh. Um, laugh is a guy. So I think laugh is maybe a little bit more guarded than the other two. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I think um, he gets a lot of the same questions. You know, every year we're asking him, "Can you play right wing? Can you play right wing? Can you play right wing?" Um. And I, I think, uh, you know, maybe it gets a little tiresome to him. Um, but I think the other two are a little bit freer with us in terms of telling you what's actually on their mind. And and laugh is a little more guarded, and that's fine. It's a, you know, it's not a it's not a real it's not about what he's willing to t- to share with me. It's about what he produces. So, you know, if. Um, I do think that, you know, he's 21. He's going to be 22 in October, right? So um, he's in his fourth year now. Uh, I I think, you know, I think he's a good player. I just don't know that he's ever going to be 40 goals or 50 goals. But I think, uh, you know, if you want a good player who's going to help you be a better team, I, I think he can do that for you. Who is the locker room leader that does not wear a letter? Huh! Fox. Um, Fox doesn't wear a letter. Uh, Trocek is a leader as well. Um, so those those two guys, um, you know, I would say uh, Jimmy Vesey is a guy who um, says a lot of good stuff and, and can be a leader. But given his position in the lineup, it's it's harder for guys like that to be like a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I can go, I know I can go to Jimmy VC and he's going to say the right things and he's going to educate me as well. Um, but there's a lot of guys like that. You know, who I talk to a lot after games and I learn a lot from him is Braden Schneider. Now, really? think Braden Schneider is a, a young guy, but he's there and he's accountable and he, you know, he takes responsibility for stuff you know i mean he's there after tough losses i can go you know he's there and and i'll ask him to talk and he'll talk and he'll be honest about it so you have all all those types of guys but yeah fox is it's it's weird that fox does not have a letter you know um i feel like he should have one um but i guess i guess they got enough guys right i mean you got true with the c and you got mika and Kreider and 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 panarin and goodrow i mean and you know that's that's kind of enough, I guess. But yeah, if you're if you're talking about the guy without without the letter, that's the, that's the biggest leader. It's probably Fox. But again, Lindgren, I think, could be a captain someday, um, somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be here because if it's here, you know, Fox is going to be here, and these other guys are going to be here. So, but I, but I think he's a he's captain material too. I mean, I, there's there's a lot of leaders. What is your prediction for this team this year? <laughs> Um, I know that's a loaded one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I haven't really thought about it in terms of like um, how far they're going to go. I do think they're going to be better than last year. I think there's an energy 
and an optimism and an enthusiasm in this training camp. And I think the way last season ended where they, you know, look, the Devils were a bad matchup for them. Like they did not do well against the Devils in the regular season. They couldn't handle their speed. Um, and then to, to go up 2-0, win the first two games in New Jersey and then lose the series, uh, it left, it really, the, a lot of guys were, were really bummed out, you know, by that. You know, I don't want to use big words like devastated, but it was really, really hard. And they took it harder. I want to say, you know, losing is never easy to take, but they really took that one hard. And I think a lot of guys are super hungry and I think they're, they're enthusiastic. And I, I think they really like the coach. Uh, and so I expect they'll, they'll be better. I think Igor is going to be better. I think everybody else is going to be better too. Um, does that mean they're going to make the conference finals again? I don't know, but I, I would, I, I always feel like get to the playoffs, win around, see what happens after that. So, uh, yeah, I would say that uh, a reasonable prediction would be getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I think that the division's loaded, but if you look at Boston, they've clearly taken a step back with what they've lost. Um, I'm interested and curious to see how adding Eric Carlson is going to affect that Penguins dynamic. Um, I still think their goaltending's not special, and I think that the Rangers, and Islanders for that matter, have the advantage on the rest of these teams because of who they have in goal. Uh, and so when I look at who the Rangers have in goal and who they have on the fence, uh, I do expect big things from them. I do expect them to make the playoffs, win around, see what happens after that. And if you had to, if I had to make a prediction, I would predict they get to the Eastern Conference final. How's that? I like it. I'll take what it. What do you think? Is that, is that, you know, I mean, is that reasonable? I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, I think it's, re I mean, yeah, because you're right. I, what you said, you know, uh, win around, see what happens. Because it means it's it's playoffs and hockey. Something I, I I say a lot that sometimes people don't like is hockey's a lot more luck oriented than I think a lot of fans want to admit about the game. Especially if you're talking about a finite series. Carter mentioned that when they got eliminated from the Eastern Conference Finals, he said a, a few bounces and we're knocked out in five games versus Pittsburgh. Yeah. You never yeah, know exactly. when you're going to get to that point. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think you have a goalie like Shesterkin. And look, if Shesterkin plays the way he did, not last year, or, or even the way he did maybe at the end of last year, he started getting a lot more steam going. Uh, you have a goalie like that in net. I think that's your single best chance to do right. anything in a playoff run. You get a hot goalie, you know, that's 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 better than, than having Connor McDavid on your team, you know. Yeah, clearly, because having Connor McDavid on your team and not having that goalie hasn't gotten you any anywhere. Oh. Um, so no, I, I think that, and again, that's, that's why I always expect the Rangers could do well because of that guy that they have in the net. Um, yeah. I think he's, he's their advantage over just about everybody. Yeah. And, uh, I would, you know, I would pick them, um, to beat almost anybody. Now the devils were a bad matchup for them last year because of, you know, just we saw it in the regular season. I don't think Igor was as good as he was two years ago, but I think Igor is going to be hungry too. And I think he's going to be even better than he was a lot. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. And and I think he's going to be closer to what he was in 2022. Um, so, you know, that's why I think that, you know, they'll be better. And then, and I, I think that the, you know, I think that they seem happy with this coach and 
and you know, I mean, systems and adjustments and whatever, what you know, whatever they were looking for. I think, I think this guy is different enough than the guy. Yeah, and I'm not putting it on the on the guy that was there last year, but I think he's this new guy is different enough from the old guy that I think people are going to be happy and and I think people are going to want to like run through a wall for him. So I I think I think good things, you know making sure that uh you know everybody stays healthy and all that so you know right right i mean so, i have to think too that laviolette's got to have a plan specifically for the devils as well giving last year and how we played against them and how we didn't match up so well i have to think that that was something on his agenda of like how does this team slow them down and not just get run over like we did yes but i think uh, yes absolutely and i think that you know that that neutral zone you know defense that that he's gonna install or he's installing i think is is gonna help with that so you know we'll see we'll see you know i think so here's the thing um we all know that hockey is one of those games most of the most of the pro sports are this way where it's ratcheted up in the playoffs and the game is different in the playoffs than it is in the regular season but i think what laviolette would love and i think chris drury wanted the same thing it's one of the reasons they hired laviolette is they want to play closer to a playoff brand in the regular season than and maybe they have in the past. Instead of just like running up and down and, and playing east-west hockey and scoring a bunch of goals and stuff, you know, maybe maybe he'll get them to play a little bit more up and down and and a little bit more playoff-like in the regular season. Um, so that as he says, when the playoffs get here, it's not like you have to flip a switch and, and do something completely different than you've been doing. It makes sense. I mean, I'd say that was one of the, the consistent problems with the team last year was there were a lot of games where they didn't seem like they showed up until the second or third period, too, where they came out looking flat a lot. Um, that's something I'm hoping to see a little bit different. Yeah. You know, and some of that may have to do with the coach and the coaching style and stuff. And some of it may have to do, well, we got the best goalie in the world. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I can just get beaten. He's just going to make the save. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I do think that there's an energy there, um, at least in the first few days of training camp. And it's, it's, it's way too early to, to tell anything definitively, but I do think there's an energy there that's greater than it was last year. That's great to hear. All right, Colin, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Before we go, um, do you want to punch in your Twitter handle? Anything you're working on? Uh yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not necessarily working on anything uh, major at this time. But you know, um, you can keep up with what I'm doing on on my uh, my Twitter handle, which is you know Colin S Newsday. And um, you know, if you ever want to read the stories, they're on the Newsday website, newsday.com/sports. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank I really you. appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime. Bye.